Welcome. Everything is fine. This is a good place podcast. Brought to you by Nerdy Things Pod Productions. We are the Nerdy Boys. I am Tim. This is Kevin and Jules. Say hello, guys. Hey, hello, guys. And we are back here for what is this? Episode 10? 11? 11. 11 of Everything is Fine. This is a podcast we do every week, coming to you every Monday, exclusively about the hit NBC TV show, The Good Place. We will do an episode every week until we catch up to the season premiere of season three along with you guys and then we will continue to do an episode every week but it'll be totally different because we will get to guess about what happens next a little pro tip if you haven't listened before i don't know why you'd be listening to episode 11 first that's crazy but if you haven't kevin and myself have both watched all of the good place episodes jules has only watched up till right now so he's going along this ride for the first time and we're really excited because we are getting into some Pretty darn cool stuff. You know who else is excited? Who? The general public. Whoa. We have a review. (laughs) We are a five-star rated podcast, but we have our first review, and it was given to us by AriesGirl82, who is, I would assume, the same age as me, because I was also born in 82, unless that 82 is for some other random reason. But AriesGirl82 says, out of context quotes, exclamation mark. Oh, yeah. An in-depth analysis and theories of what's going on. Awesome to have a fresh perspective of past episodes from someone who hasn't caught up yet, too. Nice challenge. Nice challenge of spoiler-free discussion. Smiley face. Yay! (laughs) That was a good review. Very nice. I like that review. I approve. You are in the good place. So you, you, the If you leave a review on Everything is Fine, that's at least 100 points to get you into the good place. So, I mean, why nice not? Nice job, Aries Girl. You just got 100 good place points. So, if you're like Aries Girl and you listen to this episode, you can follow us in between episodes at a few places on social media. One is our Facebook discussion group. You can navigate to Facebook any way that you see fit and search Everything is Fine up top. We will come up and you can join the many other people who have lively discussions about things that we talk about in the episode, which is going to ramp up more when we catch up to season three. You can also find us on Facebook if you go through the Nerdy Things Pod page, because that is our kind of parent podcast, so to speak. We are part of Nerdy Things Pod Productions. You can find at Nerdy Things Pod on every one of the social medias. You can also find nerdythingspod.com, our central hub for all information for all of our podcasts, including this one. And this podcast is on Instagram with some cool, fun stuff at Everything is Fine Podcast. So be sure to check us out there. So... We always open up every episode with a little bit of a callback from the previous one. And last week, we saw that Jason and Janet got married. Yay! Jason's a very <laughs> self-confident guy, and he had the cones to play a, what I would call, guilty pleasure song. Although, for him, it probably wasn't a guilty pleasure. It was just something he does. And it was Digital Get Down by NSYNC. Digital, so, digital get down. Love it. Yes. <laughs> you guys... If you were getting married, or getting married again, or married over again, or renewing vows, <laughs> something of that nature, what there's marriage, you were like there's Jason vows. and you could just do whatever the heck you want and not care, what would be your guilty pleasure wedding song? Excuse me, point of fact, I can do whatever I want because my wife is amazing, and she'd be right there with me. <laughs> uh, so in, in choosing show. this song, 
I honestly, I was like, oh God, she'd never let me. And then I was like, no, wait, she actually likes this song too. It's fine. I can do that. And it's on a boat by Lonely Island. I would definitely play that at my wedding. It's explicit. I would do that. On a boat, Lonely Island. Yes. Um, Y'all already know what I'm going to pick. It's been my song for who knows how long. This is the song. The only song that matters is the Tokyo Drift theme song. And I actually did... Uh, I was a what are they called? A, bro- a grides? What? What am I talking about? A groomsman? A bridesman? <laughs> grides? A bridesman. He's, no, he's gonna be. He's gonna be a grides. Yeah, someday. I said it's like a I, I combined bride somehow. But I was a groomsman, and I walked down with the person uh, that I was standing with, and it was the Tokyo Drift theme song, and I just love that song. I don't know why. That's gonna be it. That's the song for me. One hundred percent. Well, there you go. Um, all right. So mine, I guess many of you uh, might know because I've mentioned it before on other podcasts. I'm a big Bare Naked Ladies fan and they have this little sweet little song that I think is um, pretty cool. And it goes something like this. We'll cut some of this out. Or a cheesy jerk, you know that, Tim? Really, so this is the song. It's very oh, mild, God. very mildly sexually suggestive. <laughs> so, so my, I actually went to a wedding this past summer where they played line. the Jurassic Park theme song. Ooh, that's good. Wow. Yeah, it was all I could do not to sing along with that song. Or maybe the the Harry Potter theme song. Maybe a Harry Potter themed wedding. That might be a thing. Maybe. Yeah. I like lyrics. I like, I like lyrics. lyrics. You know. Get that on shirt. Sure. I like lyrics. Star Wars. <laughs> talking about, about Star, Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> Only if I could hire Bill Murray to sing it. Oh, my God. Yeah. And he would do it, too. He really <laughs> would. Sure. There's no question about it. All right. So let's get into some news for this week. We wanted to get onto a topic which I would say is kind of serious. We'll talk about it very briefly, but we just wanted to kind of pat Jamila Jamil on the back for being an absolute rock star for women in the very difficult film, TV, and fashion industry. Um, there was a news report this week that there's an upcoming Quentin Tarantino film about uh, Charles Manson, of all things. That's pretty rough to begin with. But that Emile Hirsch, who many of you may know is, is an actor, was was cast. And she just decided to call BS right there and say that he shouldn't be cast in anything anymore because he was proven guilty by many eyewitnesses of assaulting a friend of hers at a party. And I just love that she had no issue going on social media immediately and just completely calling BS on this whole thing. Yeah. So so the way she described it, it was at Sundance Film Festival, which is kind of a huge deal. And, you know, she this is her friend. So, I mean, of course, she's going to uh, that's how I would feel, you know, like if I saw my friend go through, what did she say, PTSD for three years? Like, that's kind of a big thing. 
I mean, it is, but women have been quiet in this industry for sure. so long because Quentin Tarantino is a big time director and, you know, maybe not so much anymore, but at one time, Emil Hirsch was a real up and coming star. So it's difficult. I mean, it's still a, a cool thing, I think, to be able to be confident to come out and and, and just we know because we've talked about it before how much good she does for the you know mindset of young women and stuff. But it's just. I think inspiring, hopefully, to many that she was just free to come out and say no, nah, not not this time. Yeah, I yeah, mean, she's amazing. I personally love the Quentin Tarantino movies, but he's been kind of on the shit list, and rightfully so because <laughs> of the things that he does. Like, it's not people are against him or whatever; it's like his doing. So he's kind of you know going down there on the as being a shitty sort of person, but. um I don't know. This this is this is weird because I I like a lot of people. I like the craft and I like the thing that people make. And then when people are problematic, it really sucks. Whenever that happens, and it's happening a lot more, and it sucks to like the thing the same way. I don't know. That's like a bigger. That's a bigger conversation <laughs> of of like <laughs> yeah. is is it the person that makes the thing or is it the actual thing? Can you separate the two? There's a lot going on there, but um, I'm glad she uh, spoke up. That's really cool. And she has some reach and a following and might, might as well use it to, uh, you know, sp- spread the word about this kind of stuff. Effect change. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Kev. I mean, her following is getting bigger every day and it's a lot of times for reasons like this. She's very empowering to, to women uh, all over the place. So good on her. And uh, yeah, let's move on from that. Get into, as we saw, quite proven just in the few minutes ago in our review, the wildly popular, absolutely fan crazed out of context quotes of the week, which we do every week. But people just continue to shout from the rooftops how much they love this. So why don't we kick that off? Jules, are you ready? I am pulling them up right now. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um. <laughs> They were, these are pretty funny. So, uh, do I, do I want to say all three? Yeah, I have three. I wasn't a failed DJ. I was pre successful. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then this one's by, uh, yeah. I I refuse to discuss my Fifth Amendment rights until I concur with your attorney. Which is just a weird, just a weird sentence. I was like, oh, I thought this was really funny. And this one, at least he died doing what he loved. A bunch of whippets. <laughs> <laughs> Those are my three out of context quotes. I love that one. I love that one. Um, I have, I'm sorry, I haven't kissed anyone before. Is one tongue okay? I can add more tongues. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, and then... Um, Maybe you'll finally take off those glasses. We're in the afterlife, dummy. Nature's LASIK. I didn't even think about that <laughs> until that scene. Kind of wild. <laughs> and uh, you two sit tight. I'm going to go murder Janet. I'll be right back. <laughs> All right, guys, I have a legit problem. What's that? I just realized. And? So I... I always watch the episode twice every week and I watch the first time just to watch it. And the second time is when I actually take scene by scene notes so I can direct the conversation. I just watched the episode now 
to take notes for a scene-by-scene -scene conversation. But I just realized that I convinced myself that we had already done the episode that we're doing. And I just watched and took notes for episode 12. <laughs> You're hmm. the best. Because the last one, I was like, okay, which was the last one I watched? Oh, I watched that one, so I got to watch the next one. But that was because I watched the last one for... So, okay, I'm starting to remember now. So they come up with a plan and it is for her to go back and throw the party yeah to get everybody let me back let me do my synopsis place. that'll help you all right so now we're gonna do go back to the actual episode and we're gonna start this off as we always do with kevin's world famous synopsis so in this episode michael reveals the scores of everyone in the afterlife and they hatch a plan to fix Eleanor because she's at negative 4,000 and everyone else is at 1.2 million. So she holds the door open for everyone in the good place and it doesn't do a damn thing because she's doing it for selfish reasons. So she decides to throw in the towel, move to the bad place. That gets her 1.3 million points higher than Tahani, I'd like to point out. <laughs> uh, and then at the last second, Janet swoops in and takes them all to the medium place. Yeah, that's what happened on that episode. I remember it quite well. So, yeah. So, essentially, we start off this episode where Michael's like, all right, Sean is coming. Uh, we ha we have to come up with a plan. And Tahani thinks she has the, the plan. And it's for Eleanor to do all kinds of good things and to kind of recalculate her points from, from here. So... She starts off at negative 4,000, which compared to the average of 1.2 million is, is pretty crappy. And I really wonder, how did they expect... I know they wanted to show improvement, but how did they expect her to get to something that was like even reasonably good in the period of days before Sean showed up? But I don't even know that they needed her to get into something reasonably good. I think they just needed to be able to show Sean that there was growth in the afterlife. They're looking at this like this is... The good place, this should be the savior of all good people. If she can become good, why expel her? It's just a factor of time at that point. Yeah, because, I mean, like they said, they stop counting points once they get there. It's just kind of there, like, from all the stuff whenever you lived on Earth. And it's like, it doesn't really matter after that. But she's still improving after she's dead and I, I don't even think negative four thousand was that bad. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's it? Okay. She can she can kind of make this up, maybe. I don't know. Well if those if those guys are all at like positive one million something, then wouldn't you imagine that the general population is by and large in the positive? Uh yeah. You know what I mean? Like if positive a million is what gets you in the good place and the good place is super selective, you think that everybody else might be positive one hundred thousand, positive five hundred thousand. And okay. she sits down at negative four grand. Okay, That's, that makes sense. You know? Yeah. I, I would think if it took a lifetime to build up that kind of credential, I think the best that she could expect to do in a few days would be maybe going from negative four thousand to positive, I don't know, ten thousand in a dream scenario. Maybe. I don't know. Oh, but their first plan, I think, was pretty half-baked. Holding doors for people? Favors? Like, is that going to do it, really? By the way, she said it. You get some points. It's, it's the one thing that they can do that they know the score of, that they can consistently do for everyone there. 
What's she going to do? Save someone from a fire? There isn't one. There's no famine. There's nothing. There's nothing. No she red can hot do. chili peppers. Well, that's good. She can avoid them, but that's. But there's nothing that she knows she can do except for the little things. So this is the the one that they can consistently do. I think that that's their only thought process. Mm -hmm. So Jason could start a fire. He could grab that <laughs> bottle and light it on fire and be like, Bortles, and then light someone on fire. Oh, and that would save people. So yeah, that would, I could that see that. Really but yes. Speaking of Jason, mm -hmm. uh, Michael discovers jason's true identity because janet's not answering her queries quickly enough because she's too busy doing what jason wants which is i, I don't even want to know at this point but he discovers that jason is not supposed to be there and this is another big blow for michael he, this is hi dad yeah <laughs> <laughs> this is like so unstable for Michael I feel it because in the beginning it was just so much like he was going to be perfect he had the bow ties he had the suits everything was going to go fine and after a while he just becomes unhinged and right now he's just like oh great like we've heard we've seen him through grief in past episodes but this is just grief plus i don't know anger all this other stuff that is piling on for him and it's kind of interesting to see that uh character arc going into uh some of the last episodes of season one yeah i mean he really is like i i love how much you can kind of watch him just come apart at the seams without showing him being in distress because he's just kind of right on the edge of losing everything mm -hmm. it's awesome yeah, good job by Ted Danson portraying a man right on the edge of losing everything. Uh, but so he's in, in his dismay, he grabs out the cube and he starts playing that little game with Jason. And of course, it goes a little bit differently than it does with Eleanor, because we've discussed this before. At least Eleanor is aware of her badness. Even in yeah. life, she knew, like, I'm kind of a dick and I'm just fine with that. Jason has no idea. He's asking these questions and he's like, do you have a, a vanity plate? And he's like, yeah, I do. And he's like, have you ever been to a Chili's, Chili Peppers concert? Like, yeah, I've seen them like 50 times, man. I feel like I'm acing this test. Yeah. <laughs> have you committed a crime? I, I love and that minute. He, he names a couple of crimes. And then later on, he realizes, oh, wait, that's a crime. I probably should have said that one before. What a mess. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> oh, dude. And then- uh. Michael says, do you even know how you died? Of course, he doesn't know because it seems no. like they don't quite know. So we run into a flashback, uh, flash, yeah, flashback where we hear the story of Jason's death. You got to be kidding me. So real quick, <laughs> Jason and Pillboy are eating burritos or Pillboy? tacos. I don't remember which. Yeah, Pillboy. <laughs> <laughs> and I uh, got to do that gesture, you know, the kiss the air gesture for Pillboy. But they decide, you know, when they're eating tacos that they have no money, that their solution to their no money problem is to rob the very taco store that they're eating at. <laughs> and Jason has a brilliant plan. Somehow they have an old timey safe like that belongs in a bank in a saloon town, like an old West town of the 1800s. They're going to bring this heavy safe into the taco store with Jason inside. Pillboy is going to be an Italian plumber for some reason. <laughs> Convince them to install the safe. Show them where the money is so we could put it into the safe. 
And then Jason was going to stay in the safe. He was going to come back to unlock it and they were going to take the money and Jason was going to somehow escape. Right. See, there's nothing in this plan that makes any sense. They didn't order a safe. You're wheeling it in, wearing the, the fake mustache with the the bad Italian accent. Jason is trapped in the safe. And then there's no air holes. Oh, my God. Yeah. <sighs> so, of course, Jason dies, but he dies doing what he loves because he was also doing whippets <laughs> inside, inside the safe. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> This is kind oh, of ridiculous. Man. I I don't know. I I don't know what I expected with Jason's death, but that was kind of it. <laughs> I was like, I love okay. how the cops like he pretty much got what he deserved. Like, yeah, that's yeah. exactly what he. Yeah, it it pretty much erases all question that we ever had as to whether Jason was just too stupid to realize what he was doing and whether he should go to the good place because of it or if it's just no jason no what what about the monk uh the real monk Jianyu, going into the deepest of meditative states to where he registered as dead right at the moment that jason died that's kind of crazy <laughs> that's great i love that it is kind of crazy it's also crazy that he had he was confused with jason because they had the same iq Mm-hmm. Which Jason was proud of until he realized that Jianyu stopped learning at age seven. Oh, so that does kind of give us a baseline of where Jason's at. So yeah, pretty that, much that just gives us a whole nother back look at Jason that it couldn't have been worse. So we get back to to Hani and Eleanor and Chidi, and they realize that holding the doors is not making any movements. I think she gained like ten points or something like that. So they decided to get kind of. Um, a focus group together, so to speak, and let them all kind of dialogue with with Eleanor. And she comes to realize that she pretty much ruined most of their times there. Put a restaurant into a sinkhole, hit someone with some shrimp, dog got punted to the sun, like, you name it. It was bad. And that there's no amount of apologizing that's going to make up for it. So Tahani gets the idea that a bench, she thinks, and maybe this is a pretty good theory, that all of the trouble started kind of at that first party where she got drunk, stole the shrimp and all that kind of stuff. So maybe if we can kind of rewind, reset back to that point that she can start making lives better for people. So they decide they're going to throw a party that will hopefully save Eleanor's afterlife, which Tahani declares as the fourth most important party she's oh, ever thrown. <laughs> And it doesn't go well, guys, does it? Oh, no. No, it goes very well. (laughs) (laughs) Michael was so just not about that party and and everybody was just... There was people that were so mad, even though it's like, it's the after... I don't know. People were super mad about her ruining their lives after they're dead. But I, I don't know. I would have probably gotten over it. I would have been like, okay, this is all fake or whatever. And this is like heaven. So why not? Just just get over it. Come on. I know. That's that's the thing. The one thing I don't get about this is you'd think all those people would just be like, oh, you know, Eleanor, we really appreciate that you're trying to make changes and that you've apologized to us. You know what? We got a million bazillion trillion years to make this uh, better. So, all right, let's go. Because that's what good people would do, right? Mm -hmm. But no, they're still hung up on this. But Eleanor wins over the crowd by delightfully saying, Pobody's nerfing. (laughs) It is the most hilarious nerd joke 
for these lames. <laughs> Have you guys ever seen the cartoon Metalocalypse? Uh, yeah. No. I love Metalocalypse. And one of the guys, I, I can't think of his name right now, it'll come to me, has Pobody's Nerfect tattooed on his stomach. Wow. And it is amazing. It absolutely, I think of that every time I watch this episode. <laughs> well, these nerds all thought it was the funniest thing they'd ever heard in their life. And I think it made some traction, but not nearly enough. And Eleanor figures out, without really telling anybody, that the reason why she's not getting the points is because her motivation is corrupt. She's doing this to gain points, not to help other people out. So she thinks she's got a solution and she goes off into the the sidelines and nobody really knows exactly what she's going to do. Yeah, the the way she Jason kind of finds her. Yeah, the way she kind of comes up with that was kind of cool too because it kind of showed that she did actually learn some stuff from Chidi because of the way she kind of deduced that uh you know, that whole like, oh, well, this is why I'm not doing, you know, I'm not gaining points because of the motivation behind this and then as well while we're going through that the motivation we're going through the motivation of chidi like because his soulmate says i love you just keeps throwing out right. around the words i love you and chidi doesn't know his motivation behind it whether he <laughs> should say it because he's supposed to say it should say it because he feels that way or, or you know these two people are supposed to be together whatever but it's about uh you know, finding the motivation behind it and the way she came about it was really cool because it showed that she learned. She learned something. Yeah, but this is this has got to be the worst thing for Chidi ever. Like for for somebody to say I love you to him and to put him in a situation where he has to say it back and he has to make decisions. This has got to be hell for him. This has got to be awful. Like the turmoil that this creates in him is amazing. And this, I mean, I'm not going to say she quite Ted Mosby'd him. But it wasn't far off. I mean, it's pretty early. <laughs> That's pretty much right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I actually, I, I was thinking about this scene so much this week. I went to a, a board game cafe where oh. you pay a flat fee and you can play as many games of whatever games they have for as long as you want. But one of the people that I went with, good friend, lover, she's the best. She's cheaty. She is absolutely <laughs> cheaty. We were playing Ticket to Ride. It was the last turn of the game. She's the the last person to play, and she could not make up her mind on what she wanted to do. And she passed. And we were like, it's the last turn. <sighs> just just do anything. Yeah. Do something. And it, it was it was just wonderful to watch her. <laughs> have that inner tur turmoil that Chidi has w watching her suffer from it. Such a sweet person. She's definitely going to go to the good place. <laughs> that the, the turmoil that Chidi has gone through since the beginning of his life <laughs> ever. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. So uh, Eleanor sitting on a park bench and Jason comes by and uh, basically kind of figures out what's, what's going on. And that she is heading to the bad place because that's where she belongs. That's what she needs to do to, A, to gain the points, but B, because that's just what's right. And that shows quite a bit of growth in Eleanor. But it does. Janet, I mean, yeah, it, go ahead. It, it shows the commitment, too, because this wasn't a play. 
This wasn't like she was doing this to stay in the good place. She was leaving. She was done. She'd, I mean, not given up, but she had accepted her fate. I love that. Because if it was anything other than genuine, she wouldn't have gotten a single point for it. Right. True. And then, you know, they realize that she's gotten the points. And then I think it's Cheaty that figures out what's going on. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. the wrinkle in this whole thing is she was calling Janet or was going to call Janet to call a, call train, a train. But the train's already coming in because Sean's on that train. So she asks if they can steal Sean's train. And she says yes. But she also says that there's a medium place that they could go. What is this about? So, yeah, going up to this, we had Michael trying that that was going to go kill Janet and reset Janet. But she has this whole thing where she's like, no, I don't want to die. I don't want to lose us, Jason. I don't want to <laughs> lose what we have. What if I stop being the same or whatever? And it's like, oh, she's kind of conscious now. She's actually kind of a character and it might stay that way. And then she's just kind of wanting to get out of there as well because she doesn't want Michael to reset her. And Jason wants to get out of there to be with Janet. So then they all kind of meet up at this train station and uh, they're going to go to the medium place? Question mark? With There's one right? lady there that yeah. lives by herself for some reason or whatever. And like, what's Did that? we get her name in this episode? I forget. Mindy St. Clair? Mindy Sinclair. I mean, I know her name. I just didn't know if it came up in this episode. Yeah, oh, yeah. I don't know. It was Mindy. It? I remember a Mindy now. There you go. But All right. What, yeah. what is that? I don't know what that's about. Well, uh, excuse me. We also got introduced to Sean slash Kevin, Captain Holt's <laughs> husband from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Mark who Evan Jackson. Yeah. The lawyer from Parks and Rec, who I, this guy, he always plays that chromogeny, like- no humor. I love him. I love him. I love him. I love him. There is literally no nonsense in this man's life. None. <laughs> and I'm talking real life, professional life. No. Yeah. There is no nonsense in this man's life whatsoever. And he brings that to the screen and I love it. S speaking of this medium place today, right now, when you're listening to this podcast, Go to nerdythingspod.com, click the merch tab, and Everything is Fine podcast has three merch items. What? what? What's going what? on? So you can get, uh, you can get our logo, like our iTunes logo on a t-shirt, tote bag, hoodie, whatever you want in any different color. You got Everything is Fine, just as Everything is Fine on t-shirt, hoodie, uh, sticker, whatever you want. And well, there's a new one as well. That says, I'm a medium person. So if you want that on a t-shirt or if you want anything like that on a hoodie, a tote bag, sticker, there's a bunch of colors, a bunch of ways you can have it. And nerdythingspod.com and click the merch tab. So we'll be letting y'all know about that. But that's pretty cool. And right now, if you're listening to this episode relatively soon, because of Father's Day, it's on sale. What? It's 30% off. It's it's our, it's on sale already. It just went up, Tim. What? Oh, yeah, that's right. But all of our other stuff's on sale. It's so... on sale. What? <laughs> that's, so check that's sarcastic. That out. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Go check it out. It's <laughs> oh, cool. Oh, boy. 
So yeah, so awesome. we we get to the end of this this episode. Total cliffhanger. They think she's on her way to the bad place. They're headed to the medium place. What's going to happen next? Who's Mindy St. Clair? We're all going to find out next week. We are on al- the good place. We are almost done with season one. That's awesome. I'm excited. And it's kind of all coming it. to a head, and I feel it. And something's going to happen. For uh, sure. Okay. S- something. Definitely something. Or no- <laughs> or nothing. <laughs> I don't know. Definitely something. Oh, Jules holding my tongue is so much fun. Yeah, I finally I was watching knew. an episode earlier, oh my God. and my wife says, has Jules like watched forward at all yet? I'm like, no, this is, and I quote, no, Jules has been a good boy. He stayed right on, right on track. <laughs> so yep. good on you, Jules. And good on you guys for joining us for another episode of Everything is Fine. A Good Place podcast. Every Monday, we are brought to you by Nerdy Things Pod Productions. If you are a fan of what we do on this show, especially this week, because obviously you are a fan of situational comedies on television, the current Nerdy Things Pod episode, episode number 70? Is that right? Or 69? 69. (laughs) I'm bad with numbers. It's 69. But we started a series (laughs) that we're going to do over the period of a couple of months, uh, sporadically, where we go through the sitcoms of different eras. So this week we started with kind of the beginning of it all, the 60s and 70s. So if you're a sitcom fan, if you're a sitcom fan of classic TV land style sitcoms, go and check out Nerdy Things Podcast and listen to episode 69 about situational comedies of the 60s and 70s. But check us out on social media, guys, at Nerdy Things Pod, anywhere you can find social medias at nerdythingspod.com, as well as the Everything is Fine discussion group on Facebook and at Everything is Fine podcast on Instagram. From Kevin, from Jules, and myself, Tim, we thank you so much for joining us every week. We love to see our audience grow. We love that you guys love this show. We love it too. And we'll see you next week. And as always, have a great rest of your day. Bye. Bye.